Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? With me, your host, Junior Renate Bobrun. I'd like to welcome all my first-time listeners, and I'd like to welcome back all of my regular listeners to this ongoing conversation that you and I are having, that I'm having with each and every one of you out there in the world. Uh, like I said in the previous episode, I've noticed based on the analytics and the background of this show, this show has been growing. And the only way that I can, the only thing I can attribute to that growth is your sharing. Because I rarely advertise. I do not spend any money on advertising. My only form of advertisements are sharing it with a couple of friends um, and um pretty much posting a picture of my latest episode on whose world is this 2021 on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook page for it. There are a lot of things I don't have set up for this show. It's almost as if it's been this little friend and family thing. And I wanted it to organically be generated through that. I didn't have a great Facebook personal page anymore. I, I sort of purged it a couple of years ago. My Insta, my personal Instagram, I literally started it this year. The Instagram for this show, I started it a couple of months, about a month after I started this show. So for this show to be growing, the way it's growing means one thing means you listeners are sharing it that it's reaching outside of friends and family and it's reaching their friends their family their co-workers you know there's subjects out there that they feel may resonate with someone that they know or maybe something that warrants further discussion with another friend or whatever so it's gone way past because I didn't there are certain family members that kind of happened across my show themselves like hey June I didn't know you had a podcast I'm like oh yeah I forgot to tell you I just sort of pressed record and just went for it I didn't even go all the way in so the numbers that I've been getting I've been speaking to a couple of people they're like it's it's impressive considering you know um, that it's this sort of passion project and that I'm just doing it and um, I didn't really put the stuff behind it which I'm going to start doing because you know I do have one sponsor I I um I've had certain requests come in people wanting to know hey June where are we taking this so I'm taking it I don't want to say I'm not taking it seriously I take it extremely seriously because it's my name it's my likeness that I'm using so it's as serious as anything that I've ever done considering that I'm putting me out there for the world to hear this is not some sort of secret recordings that i'm only sharing among friends and family and then after they listen to it it burns or explodes like mission impossible this is for the world to hear whether it's friends family frenemies enemies whoever co-workers um, colleagues business partners whomever so with that being said i do take it seriously what i'm going to do now is invest in it seriously that's what i'm going to start doing and i i attribute that to its growth, the fact that people actually care because they listen to an episode and I get feedback via whose world is this two one at gmail.com, which you should you guys, if you have any suggestions, questions, concerns, accolades, compliments, critiques, or anything, definitely email me at whose world is this two one at gmail.com. Follow us at whose world is this two zero two one on Instagram. 
And um, definitely check out, like I've said before, onelavi.com. That's where I get my vitamin and my supplement needs. Um, that's how I make sure I'm not immunocompromised. It's one of the ways. Um, also check out chaveshouse.com and Chavez House Publishing on Amazon so you can get your essential self-publishing blueprint, which I use, which I'm using right now to help publish my first book. You can get the Lenore Batista Journal series. If you're a woman or a young girl, teenager, and you're on the go and you want to journal and chronicle a lot of your information and a lot of your hopes, dreams, aspirations, put them in these journals. We also have a whole host of notebooks that are for sale, back-to-school notebooks. Whether you're a Ph.D. or you're in middle school, you're a Ph.D. candidate or you're in middle school, you will really enjoy these notebooks. We're also coming out with fitness journals. One of them I'm, I'm actually going to buy myself next week. It's called Titan Fit. It's one for men. They have one for women. They have one for dancers, young dancers, seasoned dancers, ballerinas. You can put in your schedule, your workouts, everything, it's your dance routines, what you'll be working on, stretching. It's just a lot of great stuff. So definitely check out ChavezHouse.com. Check out Chavez House Publishing on, on uh, Amazon. Check out OneLavi.com uh, for your vitamin and supplement needs. Definitely check out my cash app on Linktree on, the, on my uh, uh, whose world is this 2021 on Instagram. So any cash donations and things of that nature are greatly appreciated. Believe me, it's a dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U, dollar sign Junebo. And that, you know, every little bit counts. You know, it's great. You know, I'm going to, like I said, I want to turn this into some sort of revenue stream, see if we could turn passions into profit. That's what we want to do. And um, as you guys know, if you if you're a um, reoccurring or or, or 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 regular listener, you know that I like to title my shows, and I kind of go with it from the title. Um, my titles come from one place; my streams of consciousness come from another. Um, I'm going to call this episode. It's so funny. Uh, I was listening to this uh, song from this '90s R&B group called Jodeci, and the name of the song was "Can I Talk to You." It was a really, really good song, right? And um, that's what I'm going to call this episode. I'm going to title this episode, Can I Talk to You? Question mark. Can I talk to you? And what I'm saying, what I'm asking is, can we speak frankly? Because we do a lot of talking. We hear a lot of talking. All of us. If, if we have Instagrams, if we have Facebooks, if we have YouTubes, if we have, if we watch the news, if we... Uh, you know, uh, watch reality TV, regardless of what your pleasure is. We listen to a lot of people talk to us. How many people are speaking frankly and honestly? Our previous episode, which was Are We Prisoners? Part two, we spoke about authenticity. We spoke about speaking with, with direct and frank language and speaking our truth. Now, I want to elaborate on that a little bit before we go into this episode, because it's almost a tie into the last episode. But we're going to expand on certain topics that I brought up, but we're going to also venture into new territory, sort of. When I said truth. Truth can be an ambiguous word. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> I remember being in a relationship with this one female and she said to me, um, well, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. 
And I said, uh, I'll leave it. But what I want to know is, is this who you are or is this who you've settled on being? Before I leave, because I'm leaving it. I said, but before I leave, I want to know, is this, is, this who, is this your highest version of yourself that you see yourself? Because if this is the highest version of you, then you should stand on that and go, you know what? This is the highest version of me. And how will you know it's the highest version of you? It's because when you sleep at night or when you're silent, when all is quiet and all is calm, you don't have any regrets about the things that you've said or done in that day. You don't, you don't say, I wish I could do this. I wish I could be more like that. I wish I didn't think like this. Why am I letting that bother me? If you don't have any of those thoughts and you have a clarity of consciousness and you are not angry, you don't have angst and anxieties and things of that nature, then you know what? You are living your highest truth. Bless you. And if this is the best you can do, then I'm gone. I'll leave it. But you got to ask yourself a question. When we say, oh, this is who I am, take it or leave it, oh, I'm just, this is who I am. Are we sure this is who we are or this is who we settled on being because we don't want to do the work to be more? Because I'm going to say this, if you have an idea of a better version of yourself, then that's the self, that's the version that you're supposed to be striving for, period. So when I was talking last episode, speaking last episode about if you're at work, it's incumbent upon you to find a way to bring your truth to work. Truth translates to me to mean the highest version of yourself that you can imagine the highest version of yourself that you can achieve that you can conceive if you can conceive it as they say you can achieve it etc etc the highest version so if you if you visualize a version of yourself in your mind of like you think like this you react like this to certain things this is how you think this is how you speak this is how you move this is what you do in this situation this is the ideal way you would like to think act react live how close are you to that version of you so when i speak about the word truth i mean the highest version of yourself accuracy not your truth, the highest version of your truth, not just the truth you've settled into being and shrugged your so shoulders and said, well, take me how I am. Well, okay, I will. If you're happy with this version of you, because if you're not happy with that version of you, that spiritual baggage, you're going to bring it into our situations. So when we speak about truths, or when I speak about truths, I mean the highest version of your truth the highest version of yourself. If you don't like the kind of friends that you have around you, what kind of friends would you like to have around you? What's the highest version of them? Are you pushing them to be better? That's tough. A lot of people say, well, you know what? That's my friend. I'm going to accept them for who they are. You know what? I've never been that friend. Sorry. If I see something in them and it's just glaringly apparent to me that oh wow you could be so much this that and the third and i see certain strengths in them i tell them and i go yo why don't you try to do this that and the third i think that's a strength of yours it's something i see this greatness in you if they don't see it in themselves okay but i see it and if it if me seeing it isn't enough that's fine 
but maybe I'm looking for people that see that kind of greatness in themselves and I move with them. So there have been many people in my life that were that are very good people, that are great people that are no longer in my inner inner circle because I watched them settle for a lower truth. And I felt as if if I allowed them to remain around me, that I would start settling for lower truths. I wanted them to say to me, hey, June, now nah, you could do more. You could do this. I want to pull for them and push them and I want to be pushed back in return. So the people I have around me are people who are striving to get to their highest truth, a better version of themselves. I don't care if it's professionally or personally, whatever. Um, oftentimes, if we reach for that highest version of ourselves personally, then inadvertently we'll reach to that highest version of ourselves professionally. It'll happen, whatever field we're in. I don't care if you're a kindergarten teacher. There's nothing wrong. Be the best kindergarten teacher you can be. That's your truth. You said, I want to shape, you know, create nurturing environments and shape young hearts and minds. That is as noble an endeavor as I can think of. <laughs> okay? Be the best version of that. Grow yourself so you can be that person, be that beacon of light for those young hearts and minds. Do it. So there's a saying that you are the five people you spend the most time with. And I, I've expanded that to say you are the five five shows you watch on the constantly. You are the five news programs. You are the five of everything. You are the five of your favorite musicians, athletes. These are all the realities that we've created. You understand? So when I say highest version, truth, when I say truth, be your truth, because I got some uh, questions about truth and being truthful at work and being honest at work. And what I really meant was, what I meant was, be the highest version of yourself. How to be the highest version of your truth. Don't settle. Don't settle. Because a lot of us, that's what we do. Not the biased truth or the liar's truth. Stick to the highest truth. Now, why did I name or why did I title this episode, Can I Talk to You? <sighs> like I said, you know, I was watching... um the news, which is something that I never really do. I, we've had this conversation in episode season one, episode one, twos, and, and speaking about how fear is pumped into our spiritual and our, and our spiritual selves and our psyche in the same way antibiotics are, 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 are injected into the meats that we eat. It's just pumping fear into us and fear oftentimes suspends logic, which is what it does. And so when you watch a news report about some killing that happened across town and they show a mug shot of the person that was captured and etc., or there was a car accident and there was a mauling and you ask yourself, is this, you know, we only have 30 minutes of quote unquote news and you see that everything that's deemed newsworthy is blood and guts and then you realize that you're in this if it bleeds it leads paradigm i didn't make that up and and the critics of media didn't make that up that's coming from newspaper people themselves that have said that year after year that's coming from uh, uh people in the news that work in news say if it bleeds it leads and what does that mean they oftentimes they say that 
the gorier, the bloodier it is, the more people tune in. Maybe that's true, maybe that isn't. Maybe the feel-good stories, the cat getting saved in the tree and things like that don't bring in as much ratings. I don't know. But what I do know is fear being pumped into the psyches of the American citizen night in, night out, day in and day out. Your news at noon is talking crazy. Your news in the evening is talking crazy. And then your news at night is talking crazy. I wouldn't want, I just want to talk to you frankly without all the noise. Because what I'm noticing is we don't know how to talk to each other anymore. And it didn't just start with events that occurred in 2020. It didn't just begin with the election of, uh, or, or, or our 45th president was elected, uh, President Donald Trump. It didn't begin with Joe Biden getting elected. It didn't begin with uh, Barack Obama's 22nd term in 2012 or his first term in 2008. It didn't begin with uh, George Bush the, the second's election in, the, in 2000. We have an issue talking to each other when all of this fear and angst is pumped in and disguises itself as truth. We become slaves to this fear and it suspends our logic and we start speaking to each other as if we <laughs> spouting out fear-based rhetoric back and forth and bandying about this fear ball across a net like a tennis ball. And it's, it's something that I've noticed over more than a decade and I'm saying to myself, when is this going to... Have we peaked as a species? Are we, are we ever going to get to a point where we can think with clarity and push back on fear-based rhetoric? Or are we going to be doomed and deemed to just be this? Is this, is this who we are? Is, 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 is this what we're going to be? I don't know. When I, when I look at events that are occurring in the country right now, um, there are certain people who are think that uh, this uh, new vaccine that has been passed within the last couple of weeks, the COVID-19 vaccine, some people think that it's heaven sent and some people are, are hesitant, <laughs> so to speak. And that's fine. But it's not fine when every night you're watching the news, some people are telling you one thing, Death tolls, death tolls, death tolls. Some people are experiencing these things firsthand in their personal lives. Some people have a second or third hand experience with these things and you're getting death tolls. And then all of a sudden you go on online and you're seeing other people are saying some other things and you're, you're wondering why their voices aren't being heard. And you're wondering how come in all those three or four or five Zoom boxes that they usually have on your screen when you're watching the news and you're watching people bandy about their opinions how come we don't have counterpoints to certain predominant narratives so one group of people is saying hey how come this isn't out there and other people are saying yeah that shouldn't be out there because that's not actual and factual that doesn't represent the highest truth and other people are saying how do you know and you sit there and you go whoa what's going on i'll give you a perfect example Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a lawyer, son of former presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy, who was the brother of President John F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. 
I remember was a professor at Pace University. Um, I don't know if he's still a professor there. Uh, he's a lawyer. He's an advocate, uh, a, a citizen advocate. I met him on a couple of occasions more than 10 years ago, had a discussion with him while I was in a group of academics, and um, it was an interesting conversation. He's a fiery type of individual, you know, intelligent, well-versed in a lot of things. And um, he's been on the forefront of the correlations between children vac children being vaccinated and um, autism, certain correlations he's made. Uh, other, yeah, he's uh, been an advocate of parental rights on whether a, a parent wants to vaccinate or not, because I don't know if you guys know, oftentimes children have to take up the 20 to 29 vaccines before you know, they even reach middle school or first grade or whatever. And um, many states have mandated those vaccines and some haven't. And so he's been on the forefront of maybe parents having more parents, having more of a say in what goes into their children's bodies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Robert, F., like I said, professor, he's spoken in front of Congress. This man has not been outed as a quack or or a maniac or a falsifier of information. This man has been banned off Instagram because according to Instagram or Facebook, which owns Instagram, they said that he was making certain statements about COVID-19 that they felt were um, uh, misinformation. And they banned him and they just kicked him off of Instagram. And I thought to myself, wow, you kicked him off of Instagram. Um, okay. But when I put up a post or a story on my Instagram page, if you guys are familiar with Instagram out there, I put something in my story and I can see who's viewed it and I can count how many people have viewed it or the reception it's getting. Sometimes half of those views are coming from what's called bots or phantom accounts. And those phantom accounts are linked to pornography. Okay? And so, even though I'm not a snitch, I do report these uh, uh, bot accounts. Reason being, because I feel as if so many hacker accounts are affiliated. And so I've been told hacker accounts are associated with bot accounts. I don't want my account hacked, even though it's a very new and young page. I don't have thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. I haven't invested the kind of time, energy and money to grow it to that degree. But I don't want it hacked nonetheless. Okay, that's that would be a major pain and I don't want to have to go through that. So I report these accounts and you know what happens? I report them. I say this shouldn't be on Instagram. I click this shouldn't be on Instagram. Why? Because it represents nudity, blah, 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 blah. You know what happens? I have till today reported about, I don't know, 70 pages. None of them have been removed. Okay. None of them have been removed. You remove Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a lawyer for decades who's been on the front lines of major issues and has dates, times, and facts to back up many of the claims that he's made. You ban him. You suspend him. But yet I'm reporting directly about these bot, hacker, porn-affiliated sites and pages Nothing is done. 
the amount of nonsense that passes for entertainment or viewership on Instagram that comes up on my feed that goes unchecked, right? And that's who you ban? Ladies and gentlemen, can I talk to you? That's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope, okay? There's an old saying, and I don't remember if it was Eugene V. Debs who said it. I don't think it was him, maybe it was Oscar Wilde, but it says no one wants to censor what they agree with. And that's the truth. We're all living in a world where we want this person to stop talking. We want to ban this person. I was one of the very few people that was 100% against our former president, Donald Trump, being banned off of Twitter. I said, wait a minute. We're banning a president? From tweeting? Really now, do you know the kind of nonsense that we allow on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook? We're banning the president? And we're banning Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Really? Really? And, and what's, what's the expectation? Oh, the, their impact is going to lead you know, uh, to, to, to negative sort of reactions from the public. And because of their, because of their uh, stature, people will be influenced by the things that they say. Yeah, yeah, people will be influenced by the things that they say. But we've allowed everyone else on there to say all the foolery and the foolishness and hashtag and tag and do all the nonsense that they've been doing. Why are you banning them and not everyone else with the foolery and the foolishness that goes on? You know, there's this saying by George Orwell that says, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Okay? If you have any liberty at all, it's the right to tell people what they don't want to hear. That's when you know you have freedom. You don't have freedom when you're saying what everyone wants to hear. You have freedom when you're saying things that are making people extremely uncomfortable, but you still have a right to say it. And you have a right to be heard and not sanitized, scrubbed, or whitewashed. Was it S.G. Talentire that once said, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it? I agree with these sentiments, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? And I think it was Oscar Wilde who said that, matter of fact. I get my Oscar Wilde and my Eugene V. Debs, even though there's two totally different people. I get them mixed up from time to time. Look up Eugene V. Debs. Very interesting story about him. I've been reading him for years. I mean, reading about him for years. He was a presidential candidate, if I, if I um... I recall yeah he was back in the days but in any case I defend your right to say it. I defend your right to be heard I defend your I defend your right to have your counterpoint heard if you are to if you are to stand corrected then you should stand corrected you should have an opportunity to say all the things you want to say the town square in front of everyone and see if it can hold up to intellectual inquiry. See if it can hold up to data checks and fact checks. Allow that person to be intellectually flogged, so to speak. Let them be heard. David Duke, I remember the white supremacist 
who ran for president, people were like, yo, he's an aberration. He's a this, he's abhorrent, he's repugnant. I said, let that man speak. If you have a better argument, if you have someone who has a better argument, let them go out there and make it. Let's see how many people agree with his truth. Let's get, let's get everybody out there and let's see whose truth wins. Who represents or who has the highest truth? The only way for us to know that is for the information to get out there for everyone to hear. It's the only way. This banning and these shadow banning and these suspensions and getting kicked off of these social media accounts and things of that nature as if Instagram and Facebook have the absolute audacity to act as if they're acting as some sort of, I don't know, advocacy for the citizenry. Do you know what do you know the nonsense that goes on on these platforms? Hmm. You know how many of fake accounts selling young girls are going on on these things <clears throat> and nothing gets done about it? But yet, somehow, some way, whoa, 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 this is where we draw the line. Really? Where's this line? Remember, we spoke about lines, spoke about prisoners, prisoner, we're prisoner to our ethos, our ethics, our beliefs, our morals, our parameters, our boundaries. We said, where are these lines? We, we have all of these sliding scales. I'm saying to you people out there, whether and we're going to we're going to use this whole uh, uh, vaccine uh, narrative that we're in, this vaccine era that we're in right now whether you're for or against. And if you're for it 100%, that's fine. But you have to, if you believe in freedom, if you believe, if you believe in the right to free speech, if you do, you have to be 100% in agreement for someone to be able to speak who is 100% against it or who's hesitant who doesn't believe it's heaven sent. You have to be if you believe in freedom. If you do not, then that is hypocrisy on your side, on your on your side. And guess what? There may be something that you adamantly agree with somewhere down the road, maybe even tomorrow or next week. What happens when they decide to sanitize, scrub, shadow ban that? Where were you? Where are you going to be? Hmm? Where are you going to be when that happens is what I want to know. So that's one of the things that I wanted to speak about. I, I find that to be the slipperiest of slopes when all of a sudden we're social media's um, 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 owners of these accounts that we all seem to swear by now. Let's think about it for a moment. Where are we getting our news? We're getting our news and we're getting our information from the from the Internet. Right. And more and more, it's increasingly difficult to find certain informations that were very easy for me to find years ago. I used to be able to make a Google search for this. And all of a sudden now the people whose searches go to the top are people who've paid for that placement. So now useful information. What I, information that I consider necessary information very difficult to come by now your bookstores are no longer around you have very few bookstores and usually the bookstores that you do have 
are chain bookstores or corporate bookstores. So the only way to get on one of those shelves is you have to be uh, published by a major corporate publisher. And there's only so provocative the information is going to be from a major corporate publisher. And if you're not getting it from a, a major corporate bookstore, you're getting it from where? Amazon, <clears throat> which is the largest online bookstore on earth. Hmm? So your independent bookstore that you could just find on the corner in some some area, in, whether it's a large city or a medium size or a small city, small town, those are few and far in between. So counter narratives and information that I grew up getting just a couple of decades ago, it's few and far in between. Very difficult to get this information. Very difficult for us to get information that counters, truly counters, information that we can fact, that counters prevailing narratives. So we have to be very careful of being gung-ho and hip-hip hooraying when certain people get banned from these social media sites and banned from um, um, these sites that are almost our utilities at this point because where else are we getting our info? We don't have the luxury in many cities, in most cities, of just going to a book stand or, or going to a stand. When I lived in New York, you can go to Brooklyn or Queens and there would be some dude on the corner selling books. Yo, I got this book on such and such. You need to, you need to check it out. And I would check it out. And when I checked it out, I'm like, wow, where, where, where do we get that? You know, and where, where did you get that information? And he would say, oh, well, you know, I got it from this source and I, I got it from that source. And I'd be like, wow, then it would start a whole new conversation. So this is important. This is important. We don't have that anymore. So we cannot allow people that we don't agree with to be banned because where are we going to get counter narratives different perspectives and can say okay well that person is completely full of it and this is why or that person's crazy or this is why or maybe wait you go wait 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 that person's on to something there there's something there now who gets to tell us what's what who gets to tell us what's for our greater good that's why I'm saying to people, whether you are for or against whatever, you cannot be for censorship. You can't be because eventually they're going to censor the things that you be, you believe in. Who, who said that thing? Was it um was it a rabbi? It was a Holocaust rabbi that had that quote that said, uh, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Anyone remember that? If you don't, that was an interesting quote. I think that was from, from uh, I think that was a rabbi. I can't remember when. I think it was Neoholder. Neo I can't remember his name. But it's, this is important. You can't stay silent when other people around you are getting silenced. That's important. I remember I appealed. I was like, yo, how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, ban the, the former president from speaking on this, on this site? If he's wrong, 
then let him stand corrected and let history be his judge because that's the only one who can judge him. The present is a present. We're going through it together. And then all of a sudden, you know, history. We will see who is on the right side of history in this era soon enough. We're going to see. We're, we're living in a moment in time where we're going to find out what's what real soon. <laughs> real soon. History, if you are a fan of it, if you are a, an avid reader of history, which I am, I see how history judges and history judges cruelly as far as I'm concerned. They say that wars are told in the, in the, in the, through the words of the victor and through the eyes of the victor and you know only the predator gets to tell the story of the hunt, not the prey. I get all that. But history, as many heroes as there are, there are, there are a ton of critics and detractors of the heroes and I'm the kind of person I will read the hero's story I'll read his story and I'll read history I'll read the people that was for you and I'll read the people that were adamantly against you I will read the people that loved part of you and hated part of you I'll read it all because I love how history teaches us and history is going to teach us a lesson or two about censorship about fear about the suspension of logic about uh, uh, communication, transparency, all of these things are playing a part. So I'm seeing this all play out right now and I'm saying to myself, ah, this is uh, a slippery slope. I want to know what you guys think about it because I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of, uh, I'm dealing with a lot of friends right now who are angry. Um, about the goings-on, goings-on. And some of them have been, they're on one side of a political aisle, others are on another side. Some people are moderates, some people are this. If you ask me where I, where I stand, I'll say this. The news is killing my high. Never has the news, in my life, I, I can say the only time the news came close to being this angst-heavy was after September 11th, 2001 in New York City. When every time I woke up, there was some sort of elevated threat level that looked like, you know, a, a bag of Skittles. Well, today it's green. Today we're orange alert. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I Oh, today is yellow. It's, it's oh, this is a, like a sort of like a pineapple alert. So I'm like, wait, is that orange? What is that, red? D do I leave the house? Granted, truth be told, I went everywhere I wanted to go in New York City a couple of days after September 11th. As a matter of fact, I was in Manhattan a couple of days after September 11th. That's the truth. Like September 13th, 14th, I was back in the city. But when you're watching this over and over again, and you are what you consume, okay? You are what you eat. You are what you watch on television. You are what you read. You are what you recite. You, you are the songs that you listen to. You're all of that stuff. So you are what you consume. It's not just what you eat that you are. So if you're consuming this fear, ingesting it, putting, digesting it, ingesting, what's, what do you think is going to come out? Angst, heightened anxiety in one way, shape, or form. 
And so that was the last time I got a taste of this. But this is different because after September 11th, nothing was mandated. I wasn't to told to do anything different. You know, I looked around, you know, certain things, but, you know, I'll get into how I felt around that time and maybe in another episode, maybe we'll go back and do a, do a, a back to the future kind of show and we'll speak about that. But yeah, this is different. We are going through global mandates. How we travel is different. What we'll be told to put in our bodies is different. Oftentimes our jobs are going to be connected to whether we think the vaccine is heaven sent or we are hesitant. Okay? To vax or not to vax. They're going to tax us for not being, for some people not being vaxxed. You can get axed if you're not vaxxed. I know, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going on with that. I've been saying that all day because a couple of friends of mine right now who are making very good money are saying, wow, I have to take this uh, vaccine or I have to take it or lose my job. So I'm like, if you don't get vaxxed, you get axed. And they were like, yeah, pretty much. So there's a lot going on right now, a lot of angst. And I have people, I have friends of mine who are saying, why won't the other people just take it? And other people are saying, well, why should I, you know? And um, some people are saying, I've already had the, 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 the infection, so I'm good. So why should I reinfect? And so all of that talk that's going on, and if you've noticed, I've purposefully and consciously not deep dived into this subject. Am I playing it safe? Uh-uh. What I'm highlighting, and I'm doing this purposefully, I'm highlighting how no middle ground can be reached on this subject right now. That's, that's what I've been highlighting the whole time, how, we've been, how it's been politicized. And truthfully, it was supposed to be politicized. It was supposed to be. And if people ask me why, I'm like, we have a lot of my body, my choice conversations. And whether you like it or not, part of the conversation to vax or not to vax falls under that. If you don't think so, that's fine. Some people can say, oh, well, one thing doesn't do with the other because one thing has to do with mortality and infections and such and such and such and such. Okay. Still, under certain provisions, it does fall under that, uh, under that distinction. So that's the reason why I sit back and I just present it to you guys. Because I don't want this to be a place where you have to constantly think about that. Because I know every time you turn on your news, that's what you see. When you go on your social media, uh, you see hey, they want you to do a survey. Hey, did you, you know, is anyone in your family feeling uh, sweaty? Is anyone sweating? Does anyone have a headache? Anyone have a toe ache, ear ache? Up? Oh, did they check a physician? Like, hey, wait a minute, man. Listen, stop asking me. You know, you have enough of my name and likeness and habits in your algorithm that you're selling for trillions of dollars already. Relax with my whole health situation. You know, relax. Never mind that. So this is um, this is the reason why I don't turn this into that kind of uh, forum where we speak about two vax or not. We don't do that. But what we do speak about are the higher implications or, or the. Or the, or, the, or the broader implications that occur with censorship, things that are going on outside of that even, where we're saying, oh, 
because once you open up certain doors, those doors, you can't you can't undo certain things. Once you enter into that, you enter into a particular room. It's not as if you could act as if you've never entered into that room. You can't unenter. You can't close that door once it's opened. It's open. So we've opened up the door to where these things that are now almost social utilities. Like I said, your bookstore is dead. This, the independent bookstore where independent publishers and independent thinkers can give you all kinds of counter narratives. People who are educated researchers, dedicated, diligent researchers, people who, who, who are uh, what I call professional exposers. Who, who, who have the information or ju- who just have just a philosophical perspective or a point of view that is just not being explored at all. Where are they? You're not going to get that from your corporate bookstore. You're not. You can walk into, I'm not going to name the bookstores, but you can walk into them all you want and, sh- and sift through the shelves just to, the, just to get that shelf space. You have to be part of a higher corporate cadre and narrative. This is not conspiratorial. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. You will get pulled. If you think you're going to go 100% um, um, 18360 against the narrative, you can't do that. You can't do that. It won't allow you. You can't do 360s and 180s. You can't, you can't, you can't turn the narratives around right now if you're, if you're in, a, in a corporate bookstore or if you're online. You have to be very careful. Everything is sanitized. Everything is part of an algorithm right now. Everything can be scrubbed. It was there one minute. It's not there the next. One minute you're watching someone's YouTube channel, then it's gone. One minute you're listening to someone's podcast, all of a sudden the powers that be, all of a sudden you can't find it. How come I used to be able to find it? I used to get notifications. I don't get notifications anymore. Oh, yeah. Because it's not as easy as just you printing something, writing it, then just send it, write it, print it, and send it out to the people. No, now you're counting on this system. Remember last episode we spoke, we spoke about the tyranny without a tyrant? When you're working and you, there's a tyranny without a tyrant where there's a nobody rule, but that doesn't mean there are no rules, right? There's tyranny without a tyrant. When you're at work, they call it corporate. Every time there's some rule that comes down, you're like, wait, where'd this rule come from? Oh, it came down from corporate, this amorphous thing. Oh, it's corporate policy. Well, who made it up? Who's the name? Who's the person? No name, no person. It's just corporate. So now, when, you are, when you're looking for that favorite video that you saw on, on YouTube and it's like, oh man, it, it exposed this, that, and a third. Oh man, it was so such and such and such. Then it's gone. What happened? Did the did the person delete it? No. Then that person goes on the next day and goes, "Oh, they demonetized my video and they told me to delete it, or they the, the, the demonetized my channel and whatever." Now I won't make money. Well, well, who told you that? Corporate. Oh, you go on you go on your favorite internet search engine, and all of a sudden that thing that you used to find you can't find it anymore. Who's who, who's censoring? Who's who's moving the stuff around from page one to page 100 of your favorite search engine? C- corporate. Tyranny without a tyrant. Be very careful who you allow. I've said this before to speak for you. Be very careful 
who you allow to tell you what you shouldn't be hearing, what you shouldn't hear. Like I told you, you're telling me I can't hear Donald Trump. That's the I can't I can't he, I can't read a tweet from him. Why not? Um, you know how much inflammatory nonsense is on Twitter? Inflammatory. You telling me I can't listen to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speak on Instagram? Why not? You know how much g- g- they're getting away with on Instagram every day? You watch a video like, yo, what's this? I remember I don't even want to mention some of the things that come up on my feed. I'm like, yo, not interested, not interested, not interested. I've had to go as far as to block certain certain pages just so their stuff doesn't come. I'm like, I ain't interested in this. Like, And I say to myself, how is this even showing up on my page based on the things that I look up? This is counter to the things that I look up. So look at the things that these social media channels and pages are propagating. These social media companies are propagating something that I'm not even looking for. And they somehow push it to me. And sometimes it's not like a page that has a ton of views or is even paying for. I'm not your customer. I'm not your viewer. I'm not your patron. I'm not your listener. Why are you showing up on my thing? Somehow they show up. Meanwhile, you're you're banning people who have decades of legitimacy in their respective fields. And you're allowing this other sort of media to flourish. There are 30, 40 porno bots on my viewer account. And when I report it, you don't remove it. You say, it. Um, we have not removed it. Thank you for uh, notifying customer support. And I'm like, man, I'm a snitch. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable in this in this role. But then at the same time, I'm, I'm just trying to keep my channel from being compromised, my page from being compromised by these bots. And But I see, even in that, I see the hypocrisy. Like who you decide to ban and what you allow to flourish. We're all going to pay for this, ladies and gentlemen. All of us. Each and every last one of us are paying for this right now. We cannot remain silent when we see others silenced. You don't have to agree. I will fight for your right to say that thing that you say that I disagree with. I want you to say it really loud. And I want you to be really loud and proud when you say it. And I want to hear the counter argument to it. I'll get my popcorn ready. I want all the smoke. Like, oh, wow, such and such said what? Mm. I know you're on one side and I know maybe there's your antithesis or you're on the other side. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Well, this is such and such as arch enemy. So if such and such says that, Batman said that, then the Joker is going to come and say, I'm waiting to see. I may disagree with you vehemently. I'll go on your your social media feeds. I'll email you directly. I'll say this is where you're absolutely 100 percent wrong, but I will never call for that person to be banned. I'll never call for that call for that person to be blocked. Let that person speak and let and let them get all that energy that they're asking for with the ideology and the ethos and, and, and the rhetoric that they're putting out there. Let them get it. Let them get it all. But yet we're not doing that in this so-called free society. Very careful. Freedom means the freedom to listen to things that we don't agree with. That's freedom. 
being able to hear something you don't like at all. And that person having the right to say it over and over and over again. I'm sorry. We countless times through history, we have seen time and time again. People get marginalized, incarcerated, assassinated for for pretty much exercising their freedom of speech. And then decades later or whatever, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Now we have streets named after them. You know, now now we're all so sorry. How, how could that happen in that day and time? That would never happen today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sure about that? You have plenty of freedom fighters right now in American prisons for speak, just speaking their mind. They didn't do anything else but speak their mind. We can talk about that on another show, but um, plenty, plenty. All I'm saying is be very, very careful with this slippery slope if I can talk to you for a minute. And that's why I called it, can I talk to you? That's a rhetorical question. Am I going to be able to speak frankly to you? Is what I'm saying at some point going to be considered so inflammatory? Can I talk to you? Can I? Maybe today, maybe in August 2021, but will I be able to have this same kind of conversation with you in August 2022 or in August 2032? In five, ten years, will this be considered, oh, June is too much. June mentioned such and such in Junior Renee Bobrunty. Well, got to shut them down. Well, you mentioned that word. Oh, that's it. So can I talk to you? Now I can, but will I be able to speak to you in the future? Will there be some law passed that says I can't mention such and such in a sentence? And if I do mention it in a, in a, in a counterway to the pre pre predominant narrative, um, will, I be, will I be subject to certain uh, uh, punishments? It's possible. Can I talk to you? I can right now, but even now, I feel that if there are certain things I say, and I would say them, but I'm, you know, with me, I'm saying, okay, there's certain things I can say right now, certain things I can speak about what's going on. And we've spoke about it before. I don't want to talk about low hanging fruit. I don't want to be the same person that's speaking about all the things that's going on, just hashtagging the same stuff that's going on and, and, and fishing for views and listeners and things of that nature. I don't do that. And another thing is I don't want to bring things up just to provoke people just for the sake of provocation. And then they're distracted. And then the higher points or the broader points that I'm trying to make get lost because someone just clamped down on their own ideology and their own belief system, and now they're not trying to hear what I'm saying. So because of that, there's certain things that I put in I frame in certain ways, but it's not because I feel I'm going to get banned. This show doesn't make me any money. I'm doing it as a passion project. It's a, it's a pleasure project. So it's not as if, oh, well, okay, they deleted my thing. You know, I'll be outraged, and I'll do what I got to do to get it back on. I'll do everything. But at the same time, it's not as if I'm saying this is my meal ticket. But even I would fight for it as if it was my meal ticket because I should have the right to say the things that I'm saying. I'm not yelling fire in a crowded theater. So get off of me. And as long as this is supposed to be a land of freedom, you know, freedom of speech, there is a First Amendment. As long as there is that. I'm going to try to exercise it. That's the only way you know if you really have this muscle. This muscle works, and if it's strong, is if you exercise it. So this freedom of speech muscle, we should be encouraging everyone to use it, whether we agree with them or not. You guys have a great night.